When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hockey fans, if you'd like a copy of my new book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to flankerpress.com. If you'd like a personalized copy for $25 plus shipping, email me at terryryan2020 at gmail.com. That's terryryan2020 at gmail.com. Everybody's doing all right. Happy summer. What a great time of the year. I had a busy week on uh, last week and a half on Hudson and Rex. Playing a boxer, a prison guard, a bunch of things. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And my buddy Taran Samwith, those who follow this show, the Sandman, he's coming to town on Thursday. We have uh, a lot of people here at the George Street Festival. It's much talked about. Well, that's not till August, but uh, Canada Day, our festival is kind of similar. What happens is George Street's a long, well, fairly long for bars. It's a short street, but it's packed with bars. There's pretty much, but I think there's one pizza spot, but it's bars all the way down. And uh, cars can't really, no, they can't drive on it, but... uh, George Street Fest, they just shut down the whole street. No, no cars at any, and, and, or, no cars, no cover at any bar. You just pay like 30, 40 bucks, whatever, uh, to get on the street. Now, Loud Luxury are playing on Thursday night. I can't remember who's there Friday and Saturday. But that's basically it, right? It's like a three-band usually lineup. You go in early, you go to a patio, you have beers. But it's the whole street gets packed, and you're allowed to take your beers, plastic cups, right? So you're allowed to take them wherever you want. It's a lot of fun. It's a huge buzz, and um, it's we're getting awesome weather. So you know, there's whales in and whale watching. I don't think there's any icebergs left, but it's that sort of thing, man. Tourism's on blink, and the pandemic happened, so it certainly seems like um, it seems really, really vibrant. And uh, they the last few years, what they've been doing is shutting down downtown uh, for vehicles. So you can walk. It's called the pedestrian walk. It goes all the way down Water Street, some of Duckworth Street. So a lot of the businesses, a lot of the restaurants and bars, they just add a patio for that time of year because you can't drive down there. So they build it on the spot or have it built and store it. I don't know how they do it, but all of a sudden, every place in town got a patio. Those who have been to St. John's in the past, a lot of my buddies, even when we played hockey here and everything, it was like, oh, man, I guess we got to go to the Sundance. There's nowhere else to go. There's no... Maybe the deck of green sleeves. There's not many patios around. And now, once we, uh, once the city council came up with the pedestrian walk, I'm not sure whose idea that was. 
it changed the whole landscape of downtown for me. I love going. And it's not just uh, George Street pretty much was just 19 and over. But the patios goes all Water Street and Duckworth Street. And, and there's a lot of places around there that you like nice walk along the harbor. Point is, Penny Lane comes all the time. Um, of course, for uh, for an hour or two at a bite to eat, and then Daddy heads up to George Street. But listen, I'm going to get to three things today. Three things. I know myself. Usually, I make a note of something during the week if I want to talk about it, or I'll go, you know, maybe answer some questions from people that are in, uh, intrigued by the show and might send me a note and uh, it finds its way onto my notepad and onto the airwaves. But this particular week, I have three things to talk about. And if I have time left over, we're going to try to go for about 30 or 45 minutes. I should have time left over, but I know myself, I ramble. So anyway, I'm going to tackle these things, not in order of importance um, at all. So um, anyway, yeah. I'm going to tackle them how I want to tackle them because it's my fucking podcast. How's that? So I mentioned, so the last week and a half, I've been working on Hudson and Rex. Those who don't know what I'm talking about are probably not from Canada or don't watch a lot of TV, which is fine. Um, it's uh, basically, you know, it's a cop, buddy cop drama. One of the cops is a dog, right? Uh, so, and it's actually real popular. It's popular overseas. There's been, all kinds of like reiterations of this Think, Think like Lassie back in the day or if you're my age or rather littlest hobo that's going way back. I was like five, but anyway, right. I don't know. Benji was a movie with a dog in it. Old yeller. I'm trying to think it's a little different. Actually forget. I said old yeller. Um, at least in the context of happy dogs. Uh, <laughs> I hate to laugh, but yeah. Old Yeller is a dog. I don't know that he's a happy dog. Hmm. Anymore. Anyway. Um, yeah, it's it's a good show, right? When you get past at first, we, we started working on this. It's in season five. So I was a set dresser for the most part. I do some stunts and I do a lot of background work and I did some acting, not a lot, maybe five or six lines back in the first season. But I go back in for background work whenever and I don't mind background work because uh there's no pressure to say anything. You never remember any lines. You said to remember the, you know, you wait for direction, basically do what do as told. And there's a lot of downtime. So that's when I work on my podcast and cameos and shit like that. So it makes a lot of sense for me. Um, but I, 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 I work as a set dresser sometimes when I'm on crew. And uh, or like I said, the other things I mentioned. So on this particular past Sunday, I was a set dresser. Now on Monday, I was. Uh, played a prison guard, but I set up the scene on Sunday and on Saturday and I knew it and I knew my buddy couldn't go in there and it wasn't on set. When you're set dressing, you're often, if you're not the onset set dresser, then you're ahead of time or you're, you're either tearing down what they just filmed or preparing what they're about to film. So you're not on set with a walkie in your ear and shit is what I mean. So there's less pressure. You just got to get the job done. So Saturday, few of my buddies were going out. I said, fuck it. You know, it's early in the day. And when I go out and I don't want to drink that much, uh, you know, I mean, everybody knows their own body. I know mine. And uh, I take some mushrooms. When I say to people, I take mushrooms and go out. I think they're thinking like the hero dose, three to five grams. No, I get like 0.3 caps, right? I might take one or two and go. So this particular day, it was in the afternoon. It was a great day last Sunday or Saturday, knowing I had to work. My buddy Garrett, right? I only get called in when they need somebody. But there's enough shows and everything going on that it's fairly reliable work. So my buddy Garrett called me, you know, we need you on Sunday. We weren't sure, but we need you. This was, I think, Friday. <clears throat> and I would planned on going out for beers on Sunday so or Saturday. So I said, fuck it. I'll just have some mushrooms. I won't drink that much. So I live in Mount Pearl. I live right on an old train track that leads right downtown. So it's cool. I don't have to touch the road. I just go in the woods, take my bike. And this particular day, I ended up walking. It rained. but I. Um, so I took some shrooms and I listened to podcasts. Had a great time on the way down. Had my backpack full of beer. Uh, so I had maybe two or three, but it's probably an hour, hour and a half walk, two hours. So I was going 
at my own pace, stopped in Barring Park under a tree, smoked a joint, that sort of thing. But I got down and sure enough, it was all right. But the night ended up going a little long, ran into my senior hockey buddies. And uh, usually when I take shrooms like that, it's, it's, you know, so I'll just sip on a beer and go home. No hangover. Those there's people out there laughing now or, or, or scoffing at this or, you know, like, uh, what a nut. Honestly, don't knock it till you try it. Try a point three cap. But it'll put you in a good mood. Like, you know, there's no pink elephants and none of that shit. Totally peace of mind. Just feel really good. You know, don't really need the booze kind of thing, which I didn't need anyway. So what ends up happening is I go down and it was a great time. So people are getting shots and stuff. So I'm doing them. And again, when I'm on these mushrooms, I don't feel much. So it's stupid that I even did that. And I get home. It's about one, one thirty. ran away from me, right? I've been downtown for like 12 hours. So I fucking come back I'm like, geez, I'm starting to stumble a bit. The mushrooms are wearing off now. And I'm like, wow, man, I'm half drunk. What am I doing? What a fucking idiot. I got to go in tomorrow. But anyway, I promised Garrett I'd do it. I, you know, I'm a daily, so I could have canceled, I guess. But I said, fuck it. These are my buddies and it's bad karma. And, you know, I probably want to get called in again some point. And though it wouldn't be my fault because it was late notice. What am I doing? Get the fuck up. As sure as he would say, give your balls a tug. Right. So the alarm went off 7 a.m. Perfect. I'm all right to go. I don't feel great, but I go. I'm slightly annoyed, though. Usually it doesn't happen on the shrooms like that or the weed gummies. But when I drink on top of it, right, that little fucking serpent, that devil on your shoulder gets right into your fucking cranium and, you know, your heart's beating and it's starting to the beat of your head starts hurting. Just no need. So anyway, I was kind of pissed off at myself, but we got it done. We had to tear down a boxing ring. Well, we had to like repack it. Tear down would be easy, but we had to like break it down uh, and then fold it up and everything or whatever we're going to do, put it away and then take all the posters down right we had a we had a gymnasium recreated like a boxing ring and, and, and everything from the boxers to the posters to the stools it was all fake really uh, we used a ring that the local wrestlers gave us which was uh appreciated it looked great the, the scene and the boys i can't give anything away there were some boxers there that were uh you know stunt pro guys uh but for the most part the actors did it themselves i'll let you see when it comes out in six or seven months but anyway so it was all right and i was starving because what happened was and when i do the shrooms i don't get hungry right so and some people get starving i'm like that on weed gummies i don't get you know rarely do i get the munchies like other people do i think it's because you know i'm so high strung that it's just bringing me back to normal uh so a lot of the time. So anyway, and I hadn't eaten, man. I didn't. I, I guess I ate like noon on Friday and then that whole th or Saturday and then that whole th episode happened. So this would be almost 24 hours since I've eaten. It, I think it was earlier. I think I ate breakfast on Saturday. So there's a new place open, the parlor. And it's close to this place we were shooting at Bishop's Fields. It's across from Bannerman Park in St. John's. Uh, I'd heard of it, but I, I thought it was a restaurant. I really didn't know what it was. So we go in there and, you know, it's one of those, how can I, it's a coffee shop is what it is. And there's, there's ice cream though. And there's scones and quiche and things like that. Right. So I go in and I'm fucking starving. First of all, um, I don't have a terrible hangover, but I'm, I'm spacey. There's cobwebs everywhere. Right. I, I've just worked. I can do labor. Right. So I, we, 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 we all worked hard, like filling up a couple of big cube vans. I mean, this is, you know, we went in at what seven, this is four hours of that. So like my, my, my immediate hangover is almost gone. I'm guzzling water, but I'm still cobwebs, like I said. So I go in and the boys are ordering and, and I don't know what they get. I, I, again, I can't pay attention to much going on around me. That's spacey. I'm spacey. No headache anymore, but I'm spacey and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm short with people. You know, I don't realize that yet. But anyway, the girl comes over. Short with people is... I'm, uh, I guess I'm easily annoyed. So I think I'm in a good mood. Anyway, I, I order a quiche and I get it. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? It comes cold. So I say to her, I'm like, this is whatever quiche is cold. Like, what do you, and she goes, well, do you want me to warm it up? I'm like, well, yeah, of course. So she warms it up. I go outside and eat it. I'm not happy with the cold quiche. And to be quite honest, I thought at the time that I ordered it was, it was overpriced. So I asked her, I go, so is there anything else that comes with this? Like a real dick, you know? So I went outside. 
And I really, anyway, I ate the quiche and I ate half a cold. So I, I wasn't in a good mood. My experience wasn't great. So I left. But I'm not saying I said, fuck those guys. I'll never go back again. But later in the day, of course, I was talking to Penny Lane. And we'd gone to Bannerman Park a few times. And she said, the parlor came up. I'm like, yeah, I was just there. And she said, well, they got the best ice cream in the city. And her and her friends say that. I didn't even look at the ice cream flavors in there. Uh, so as the next hour or two went on, we went back and uh, we finished. And now I'm, I'm kind of coming back to normal. And I thought about it. I'm like, you know what? I wouldn't want anybody to judge me on just one thing, right? Like as a hockey player, I wouldn't want someone to come to one game and judge me on that. As an actor, I, I hope people don't see, I won't name it, but there, there's things that I've done that aren't great. And I, I would want a second chance in many things that I've done in my life. I used to have a magazine called Faces. No one supported it locally and it went under. I know what it's also like to be a local business owner and especially coming out of the pandemic and everything I preach on here is like support local and everything. And I'm like, you know what? First of all, I'm in there. I mean, just lie and say I liked it, first of all. And second of all, there were other people. And when I got out and went to the corner and I started walking, I mean, there was no scene or anything. I don't even notice if anybody or think anybody noticed, but I know the lady probably did. Or she just thought, you know, this guy's a dick. They were all real busy. And I think I had a, a legitimate point. I, I could have gotten it through a different way, you know, at least be polite. I'm not saying I was a dick either. I was like, you know, is this what's going on? It's cold quiche. She said, I'll warm it up. I'm like, yeah, of course I want it warm. I said, thank you and everything. And please, I just mean, you know, give her a break. Maybe people eat cold quiche. So anyway, I'm outside and then someone asked me for my autograph and it's a kid. And uh, that doesn't happen all the time. Again, I'm from here, but then the kid doesn't even know I'm on, I, I am, I've ever played in the NHL. All when I say kids, like 14, he, but he knows what Shorzy is. So I realize, you know, there's a lot of people now. Like, I, I kind of got over like the whole NHL thing. Not me, but uh, people here did. You know, there's people that want my autograph because of this podcast or the the books. You know, when I sign books to people, they often do. That's part of it. And the odd Montreal Canadian fan, but honestly, that happened years ago. Anybody around here that wanted it got it. So I realized I'm like, you know, there's a whole new audience now, and I got to be aware of that and responsible because, you know, I preach how much I want to support local and everything and second chances. And here I am. If that guy in there, that kid heard that, it would probably be impressionable. And I'm walking around as this impressionable guy, I don't really want it. I don't invite it. But, you know, if you watch Shorzy, it's a fact, right? And it was anyway, I should, I should be aware of myself more. But anyway, so this is the thing. I went back. Now, if I'd gone back and it sucked a second time, then we'd be having a different conversation. I said, okay, I had to go back anyway. I left my, to, to be honest, we were way across town, but I left doing another job, but I'd left my credit card on the back of the toilet in there earlier. <laughs> fucking puking. Uh, I was paying a bill. I was, I was so nauseated. I was, I was on my knees and um, I know whatever was happening, I toilet knees to it. And I, I was paying a, a fucking bill. And I, I went back cause I'm like, I'm sure nobody's in there. Cause we had this part of the school uh, like sectioned off. But if the principal or something was to go in, I'm like guaranteed they'll think someone was doing blow on the back of the toilet, right? A card sitting there. But I was just honestly, sitting there and without getting graphic that's fucking it sometimes that stuff happens i'm i had a bad hangover and we were finished the job and we were waiting on something so i went in with a bunch of water sat on the toilet and fucking paid paid a couple bills so anyway a little bit too much info but i went back to get the card i found it in the parking lot by the way so i didn't leave it in there at all i must have dropped it outside um so lucky fucking thing, I went back. Now I'm walking by the parlor again because I had to park right in front of it. Uh, coincidentally or serendipitously, I guess I will say. So because there's no other parking spots. So I say, oh, fuck, I'll go in. You know, Penny Lane says the best ice cream in town. Her friends tell her that. Maybe I'll bring her one, you know, fuck it. So I go in and I see. So I say, hey, ladies, what's the best ice cream here? Now it's all funky flavors. Okay. And anyway, there's one there. I think it's called honeycomb chocolate. 
And the other one was salted caramel. Anyway, so I said, well, what are your top two? I'll have a double scoop. Give me one, give me the other. And we're good. And I was almost doing it just because, again, it was going through my mind. I would want that chance. If I just opened a business and I'm, you know, I hope I live a long time and that shit happens, maybe I will. This podcast is a business, really. So if someone tunes in and it's a bad podcast, I would not want, and they heard it was good or whatever, I would hope they gave me a second chance. So now here the girls are getting their second chance. So she makes this for me. I'm going through the motions, fair enough. And I say, you know what, girls, do you want one too? At this point, I'm, I'm feeling great. Not only am I, I've had 62 waters, a lot of, it's fucking like 30 degrees out. It's great. It's a positive day. People are out walking their dogs. There's beach balls going up and down over the park at the, the other side of the street. It's a really vibrant part of town, right? Feeling great. Took a weed gummy. Now I'm feeling pretty fucking good, right? 10 milligrams just to get me over the edge. Don't normally feel that. You don't get stoned or anything, but it puts you in a little bit of a good mood, especially when you just had a hangover. So that's what I'm, I'm going in going, fuck, like, what was I thinking? I was just, you know, I, I saw it as I got to go back in and at least give him a chance. And I kid you not, had it sucked, I would have told him. I would have said, sorry about, you know, acting like that earlier. But I came back and that's twice. And, you know, if you've got one more thing, I'll try it. If not, I'm not coming back. You know, that's, I was really going to do that. I prefer being honest. And they clearly knew that I came back twice in one day for a reason. So I get to the car. I go to drive. I put the car in drive. I say, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to take the first bite with no engine on, no ruckus, no craziness, no nothing. There was no cars driven, driving by. I just rolled down the windows. You could hear the breeze. You could hear people playing. There's a swimming pool in the park across the street. Summer sounds. I close my eyes right now. I got the scoop in my hand. I, basically, I didn't want to be obstructed by any of my other senses. I wanted total focus on this bite. The first bite I took was a bite of the honeycomb chocolate. And immediately, my life was changed. Now, I'll tell you why my life was changed is because recently I found out that I'm allergic to a bunch of shit that I was never allergic to. Um, I don't know why. I don't know what happened. Peanuts, for example. I love, love peanuts. You know, from Reese's Pieces to just fucking peanuts to uh, and almonds, almonds, like just chocolate-covered almonds. You could just tell me. The rest of my life, I only have chocolate-covered almonds when it comes to dessert, and I'm, I'm pretty happy with you. I'm like, okay, at least I get those. I love them. I love them like popcorn at a movie. I love chocolate-covered almonds. I often skip a meal so I can have chocolate-covered fucking almonds in my ice cream that night. I love them. And recently, I can't have any of that stuff. No nuts, no seeds. I eat the fruit anyway just because I'll take it on the chin. I love strawberries, so fuck it. And if I want like a real banana split at Dairy Queen or something, I got to have the strawberries and I'm like itchy. My, my face wants fucking, you know, I'm sneezing, I'm everything, but I, but I make the trade. That's how much I love certain things and strawberries and almonds and everything. Now I'm like, man, I, it's getting to the point that I can't even eat it and I love it. So this was better than all of the above. I've been eating it for years. My, my go-to is banana split blizzard at Dairy Queen. It's not even on the menu anymore. It used to be, and it's basically just the fucking ingredients that are in a banana split. And that's what I get, and that's heaven to me. Heaven. This is better. And I was going, oh my God, I, I couldn't have all these things. I haven't had a good dessert in a long time for that reason. It was like the first time I had cheesecake. The only reason I didn't just say my favorite thing is cheesecake is because like it's so good. Like If you ask me my favorite albums of the 60s i often go to like highway 61 revisited by bob dylan which is unreal or like i don't know man uh oh god the rolling stones what one am i talking about oh sticky fingers so anything like that because i just skip over the beatles because my top four are all beatles so you know when it, when i talk about like to me strawberry cheesecake is so good <laughs> or chocolate cheesecake that it, it just, it goes without saying, well, this was like the first time I tried that. If this was unfucking believable 
I take the next bite. Now I, I, I finish off that spoon and this is so good, but it's fucking hot. And I'm on the way in to meet the boys. Um, at our next destination, we're, we're almost off, but it's at our next destination. So I'm on the way in and I say, fuck it. So I'm t- I want to take the second bite. Well, I'm not on the way in yet. I'm about to be. So I wash out my mouth though with the water that's next to me. Cause I want a clean palate. Then I start the car and I start fucking driving because I want to taste the salted caramel for what it really is. I don't want any of this best fucking miraculous dream of a dessert that I just tasted. I don't want any of that in my mouth because it'll change things. It'll make, so I wait, I wait, it's melted. I'm halfway in the Harbor fucking arterial. I'm halfway in, which means about 10 minutes from where I was. I'm about halfway to my destination. Now, of course the motor's on and everything, but there's nobody else. And I love that. I turned down the radio, same thing. I roll down the windows and now I can hear the, I I just love that feeling of, 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 of summer, you know, the sounds of the outside and things reminding me that it's summer, that, for some reason, noise, I don't like, but there's something, if there's no cars around and there's no nothing else making noise to drive, not real fast either, you go 70 or 80 kilometers and you know, the windows are down and I can see the park in the distance and I, my palate's now completely clean. So I reach over to the ice cream that is in a cup and is now melting. It's quite melted, but there's still, you can dig in the center of it and it's as cold as when I left the shop. So I take my second bite of salted caramel ice cream from the parlor and I have to pull over. I've just tasted two of the most exquisite desserts that I've ever tasted. I'm going, I'll never forget this. It's June 23rd, 2022, June 24th, sorry. And I've just tasted the best ice cream that I've ever tasted. Now, listen, this isn't a slight to Moo's, which is great. They have awesome ice cream. Berg's in Newfoundland here in St. John's, Mount Pearl, whatever, two locations. And I like those for different reasons. Berg's is by manuals where I love to go swimming with my daughter. And that's a memory. It's got good ice cream, great ice cream. It has great ice cream. And we eat there a lot in the summer. And Moo's, I mean, it's got the best design. It's, it's a tourist attraction. It's got like the outside of a cow, you know, the white with the black spots all along the building. It's really cool. And it's got a lot of flavors. It's I mean, it's awesome, whatever you like. But I'm telling you this. They're they're 10. OK, let's give them nine point. Let's give them 10 out of 10s. Well, then this particular and I, I don't know about the other flavors, so I can't speak for them. But the two flavors that I ordered were two of the most exquisite things that this tongue has ever tasted. At least when it comes to the sweet tooth category so thank you to the people of the parlor the lesson here has been in my mind you got to give people a second chance and you got to give places a second chance or whatever it might be give second chances because and you know just try to look yourself in the mirror and admit when you're being pessimistic or you're being cynical a lot of, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what came over me. I often don't, right? And, and you think all these things and you can try to be as good person as best you want, but sometimes it just comes down to, you know, just relax a little bit. Take your fucking foot off the gas. Absorb what just happened. If you're going to make a Yelp review, for example, don't make it because there's a hair in your soup because that could be an accident and the soup could be good, Right? And the person that accidentally put the hair in the soup might be onto a new job next week. And that place, whether it's the Bagel Cafe or Merchant Tavern or Mallard Cottage or Blue on Water or Gypsy Tea Room or Green Sleeves, Mama Sula's or the parlor, they might have just had a bad day. And I'll tell you this on second thought, the quiche wasn't overpriced because it really was half filling. It looked a lot smaller than it was. I was in a bad mood. And on third thought, one of the guys I was with, I was in the car with him later that day, one of the crew. And he said, you know, I've eaten quiche cold lots. Now that's absurd to me, but I didn't even know it was a thing. So my complaint really didn't even hold up. 
I like mine hot. Some people don't. Some people might be taking it to go. Right. I was just I was cynical because of my idiotic assumptions and my quick attitude that morning, my short attitude, because I was fucking half hung over. Right. And those fucking people shouldn't have to suffer. And some guy that sees me, some kid, and I'm impressionable. And he comes up and asks me for my autograph. And I'm going to be like, like I'm anything special, you know? Oh, sure. You know, here's my autograph. And don't go back to the parlor because I had cold quiche, you know? Fuck. Do you have any wine and cheese there? Like, I, fuck, fuck, fuck that. And I'm glad I went back. And sometimes you fucking, you just have a, I don't know what it was. I don't even know why. If I hadn't had to go back, we wouldn't be having this conversation. It was a fluke. I had to go back to that part of town. So anyway, I consider that somewhat of an epiphany. Maybe I went back for a reason. No, I'm not religious, but we, I don't know anything, though. I could, it could be possible. There could be energy in the air that directs you to do one thing over the other. I don't know. But I know that every single time I go the route of compassion or em empathy or, you know, just unselfishness, which I don't a lot of the time. But when I do, it always pays off. And it always teaches me a lesson. So let that be a lesson to whoever the fuck else is out there that can relate. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000. And if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. As a Canadian, I know I'll always be throwing money down on the Blue Jays. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, make your first deposit, and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Number two. Congratulations, Alex Newhook, on winning the Stanley fucking Cup. You know, your first year. Now, Alex is a friend of mine, okay? And I, I don't like the pessimism, and in, 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 in there's mostly optimism but i, I so what i'm gonna i, I don't want to focus on that but I, I have to say this i have to say this because i was downtown and i was having a beer the other night um oh that's this was exactly this night that i'm talking about i was at trinity pub one of the guys in there comes over and he's shooting the shit and, you know he's you can tell that what's the word you can tell he's a cynic. you can tell he's cynical you can tell that he has his opinions on people that he doesn't even know, and he's and he's letting it fly. And he's talking about some shit. I don't know. He was like fucking Chris Rock or something, and 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 Will Smith. And we all know what happened. But you know, some fucking idiot from I don't know fucking Buckmaster Circlers. I don't know where he was from, but you know, you probably don't. I don't know. You you know what I mean? Like. You know what I do. You're watching it on TV. So save your big opinions of Chris Rock for not fighting back and all this bullshit. And it's fucking midnight and I'm out for fucking with a sea of good looking women around me and good fucking hockey buddies. And you want to come and talk about Will Smith and Chris Rock. At this point, I'm just humoring you, right? I'm just reaching for my beer. I got one foot out of there going, hey, hey, oh, you wicked. OK, I, I got Listen, man, I got it. You know, I'm doing that. OK, we'll see you later. I got it anyway. And he brings up and he says, you know what? You could have done what Alex did, trying to butter me up by putting down Alex Newhook. I said, what? And he said, well, you know, and the thing is, you know, he went he went to a lucky team. I mean, Dawson Mercer went to New Jersey and he goes, well, you know, he went to Colorado and then, you know, he gets his Stanley Cup. He goes, some guys play their whole careers, don't even, you know, get to a Stanley Cup final. Now, I agree with that part of it. Rick Nash played like 12 or 13 years before he even made the playoffs, I believe. Something like that. But now I'm pissed off. It's also why it fucking, you know, bothers me sometimes when I'm out and I'm drinking and I'm not a violent person to ask any of I've been in bar fights when 
either I got jumped or one of my friends. And it's come to that. Like it, it's every, it's last resort, last resort, last resort, because of many, many, many reasons from danger to insurance to there's just a lot of reasons to fucking immature. You know, let's listen to music and fucking dance with some women, you know, like what the fuck? So anyway, he says this and I'm going, <laughs> I want to spit in his face to take away an accomplishment for, and, and why, what do you, what's your fucking rec league team? You didn't win the championship. So you're going to put down Alex fucking new hook, the third Newfoundlander, by the way, ever congrats, Alex third player to win the Stanley cup. And I tell you, Alex worked his fucking nuts off. Okay. You know, you guys, people from away and I'm not just, I'm, 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 this is not derogatory to everybody from away with an opinion on Newfoundlanders, but I do because the way I'm saying it, it is, but I want to point out something. Um, you know, to take the step when you're a young prospect from here and you're a blue chipper, you got to leave at like 14, 15 years old. And that isn't easy. That's the hard, the hardest thing I ever had to do was that. And I mean, all the working out and all the, I don't mind. Like, like I said, the labor part, whatever you get through it. That's why I guess, I suppose that's why. The on ice, the physical, the, the fighting, the hard work. I didn't mind that because I'll just put my body through whatever. It's my mind, right? The body, whatever. I played recklessly and uh, it's probably beneficial. I didn't play pro longer. Maybe sometimes the early injuries masked, you know, something that would have happened because I, I wasn't afraid of anything. So <sighs> that sounds too macho. I, 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 I played, I, of course, I was afraid of a lot of the things, but I, I faced it. That there it is. I was afraid of a lot of things like a lot of people would, but you just got to go do it, right? You just do it. And then sometimes I would figure out, I mean, some things I wouldn't do. I'm not, but you asked me where the fight and dome me and all those things. I was as scared as you would be, but you, I don't know. You just make yourself go do it. It feels like a dream when you're doing it, but then if you do all right, then you're like, oh, well, maybe I can fight, you know, I don't know, <sighs> you know, go to the minors and middleweights, uh, Actually, I fought a lot of heavies, but, you know, Aaron Downey or Mark Major or Vanden Bush or, you know, you, you learn. The only way that you can learn is if you just sack up just like and I would rather do that just like stand up comedy. Right. If I'm about to go up, you know, I hate that fucking feeling. I hate it. Like just going into a hockey fight. I'm scared of it. I'm, I'm fucking terrified, but I just do it. And as it's happening, I feel so rejuvenated. And it's like. I hate roller coasters. That's physical, but I'll force myself on there once in a while. It's the exact same feeling when I go up on stage to do stand up. Um, I'm terrified, but I harness that energy, I think, the right way now. And if I ever start stumbling, I just get honest with people and it works, right? I'm like, you guys can see my hand shaking probably. And then they'll laugh or someone will say, you know, I'm not very funny and I'm not a great hockey player. So why the fuck am I, am I up here? And then maybe you get a little laugh. Now you're cool. Now you're cool, right? You got to navigate your way through those fucking waters, man. So, yeah, getting back to it. And Alex plays like that. He doesn't fight, but look at him. He goes into the fucking corners. He works his fucking nuts off. He's so fast. Um, and he's a kid, man. He's 21 years old. He turned 21 in January. And anyway, the guy went on to say how, you know, if there wasn't injuries, he wouldn't have played. Never. And I can't believe what I'm hearing. Of course, there were some injuries, but Alex started to play. He didn't play the whole playoff. And then there were some and he got back in, but he stayed back in. Guys like Kadri came back into the lineup and he stayed in and they chose to play him in the Stanley Cup final. They chose to play him in the game that they won. He's one of the best hockey. He's, he's on the best. If you assembled, which you just did, they just assembled the best hockey team in the world. And by a little bit, I think. But I do. I really do. You want my honest opinion? I thought their goaltending could have been a bit better, but I mean, whatever. I'm, I'm happy Darcy Kemper did that. I really fucking am. I like to see people succeed. But they were on the third period, third period of the last game. Game six, was it? The third period of game six? That was that was a winning team. They, they went on shutdown mode. They know how to win. Now they really know how to win. They're going to bring all this back. And they're the best hockey team on the planet that you can put together. And Alex Newhook from the fucking East End of St. John's plays on that team. And you're going to sit there in Trinity half fucked up, right? 
half fucked up, just getting out of the bathroom, nose running, with no doubt cocaine confidence, sipping on a fucking double, telling me that Alex got lucky. That Alex Newhook got lucky. Now, here's a guy who I watched growing up and would eat the boards for one more minute of ice time. He was on the ice every fucking day if he was on it one day. And when he wasn't on the ice, he was fucking shooting on his net uh, outside uh, playing ball hockey. He was going to Ryan Power, getting fucking secondary training from the time he was a fucking Adam or Peewee player. He left home at 14 or 15 years old, hooks on 2017, 18 with the fucking Victoria Grizzlies of BCHL. I think he went to Ontario prep school before that, you know, missed his high school as I did. I know how that fucking feels. And when you're a big fucking fish in a small pond, you like high school, right? I loved it here at that time because a big, big, big part of growing up, man, is it be trying to be in the in crowd. It shouldn't be, but it is and fitting in and peer pressure and all that. And in Canada, when you can score five goals in a fucking game as an underager in high school, they like that. Girls like that. Friends like that. Bullies leave you the fuck alone. And you leave that to go to a brand new school in a brand new place with a funny accent. And the next time you're going to be home, if you're lucky, is Christmas. And if not the end of the year, kid, that's the way it is. Now, the guys in your class, well, they're from Oshawa. They get to drive a half hour. Their parents are here every fucking day, but not you. And then from Ontario, you're going to go to Victoria, B.C., and meet a whole new slew of friends and fit into a new high school with the fucking same set of obstacles. And then you're going to go to Boston College. And if you don't do well during this, all of this, you're not going to get drafted anyway. So you better work your fucking hardest. Everybody else is going to be partying a lot. But you can't party like a regular fucking student. You got to work your fucking nuts off and read the hockey news where you're rated in the draft. Because if you slip, the money's not going to be there. And then you succeed all of that. And you play a little bit and then you get sent down to the Colorado fucking Eagles. Of the AHL. And then you get up and then you get sent down again to the Colorado Eagles. And then finally. Eight years after you left as a fucking infant of a fucking kid in minor hockey. You earn a spot on the best fucking team on the planet. And then you get sat out and you're watching from the dressing room, itching, itching, itching. You're ever so fucking close. All of that shit. Memories of shooting the ball against the fucking wall. Memories of fucking extreme hockey with Andrew and Randy Piercy and Andrew McKim when you're 12 years old and staying out there and playing with the 14 year olds and staying out there and playing with the 16 year olds and leaving. And when everybody else is trying smoking and banging and smoking dope and fitting in, well, you're just starting to fit in here, but you got to go again. All those memories and all the sacrifice and everything that you got to do. And they call on you again, and you better go in and do well because you want to hoist the Stanley Cup. And then you got to win it. Everything has to go right. The players on your team have to show up. Nathan McKinnon's one of the best players in the league, but the previous fucking eight years, he didn't win the Stanley Cup. You got to hope that they leave, and they finally do. And you get to do it. And then you sit there and you wait because every other player got to lift that fucking cup before you because of your age. And that's the way it works. And finally, Finally, the cup gets passed to you. You fucking raise it over your goddamn head. And everybody in Newfoundland that knows what the fuck sense is all about, any logical hockey fan, even the Tampa fans, are fucking banging up the fucking tables. They're high-fiving. They're yelling. They're clanging beers because Alex Newhook, one of ours, won the fucking Stanley Cup. And this motherfucker 
on a buzz at Trinity fucking pub with some fucking nine to five job pissed off because he didn't make his local ball hockey team is going to tell me that Alex Newhook got lucky. You know who you are because you said you listen to this podcast. Go fuck yourself. And if you see me in a bar again, go the other fucking way. Number three. My buddy. Uh, Connor Donahue last night. Um, won the World Ball Hockey Championship. So the last team, when I say I won it in 2018, uh, I I won the Masters, right? That's over 34 now. Keeps getting lowered every year. Lots of people play, man. It's great. Um, but it gets harder for guys who get older. The, the, the age gets lowered as I get older. Mm. Anyway, I might play the Nationals with Newfoundland and Ontario. If you're from Ontario, it's in Hamilton, uh, August 8th to the 13th. I just may. I may not. I don't know yet. But that's a possibility, so uh, keep eyes open. Uh, but anyway, the last regular, so I was on the team in 03, 05, and 07. 05, I didn't play. I was hurt, but, uh, you know, paid attention, and I was part of that group. So I remember it vividly is my point. So from 03, 05, 07, we, won, we didn't lose a game, right? But there was lots of close games, like too many to count, um, but we, we, we pulled through. And we had a legendary coach, George Gortzos, um, who's now the president of the ISBHF, which is the International Street and Ball Hockey Federation. So, you know, he moved. He was just great at what he did. He, and he ran the team with a guy, Tony Inito from uh, Montreal. And we went on a run, man. And then in 2009, we fucking lost in overtime in the quarterfinals to Bobby Hauser. And no, oh, was Bobby there yet? Yeah, he was. Um, those Chicklets fans know who I'm talking about. Esky at the Chicklets Cup um, and Team USA. And uh, from that point, that was 09. So we hadn't lost. So it just felt like it was good for ball hockey at the time because India made the final. India played Czech. It was in Czech. It was in Slovak. And uh, no, sorry. Slovak won against India. This was 2009. It was in the Czech Republic. So there's a lot of Slovak fans there. It was packed. Um, Google or uh, YouTube. Uh, ball hockey, golden goal. And uh, that's one of the options. You won't believe it. It's like 10,000 people there. It was, it, it's great over there. They really, really follow it. Canada's catching up because the game last night looked pretty much sold out. Um, but anyway, uh, that was it. So we figured then in 2011, we went back. It was in Bratislava and made the final and came up short. Um that was probably my best tournament I ever played, and we came up short, so it was bittersweet. Um, I, uh, yeah, I was playing with uh, Chris Sparks on my line, which is a good friend of mine from here, and Donnie Goss and Patty O'Keefe were playing, also from Newfoundland. Uh, so it felt, was that my first iterations on Team Canada, I was either one of only one or two Newfoundlanders, so this was nice. And we'd won a national championship in 2010. So ball hockey um, in my world was coming into prominence. Zach O'Brien, Marcus Power, Cody Donahue, Connor Donahue, all those guys were, were, were just coming into their own in 2012, 13, 14, right? They're coming into junior. And then a few years later, coming into pro. And that is what those who follow is what Newfoundland Black Horse is. And I stayed on playing well into my 40s. Well, I'm 45 now. Um, and uh, now I play Masters, but uh, before the pandemic, I played right up until then. And uh, anyway, and we never did win it again, the Nationals, as we came second a lot with, with Black Horse, and that's every year there's a national championship. One reason or another, I mean, we got five or six silvers, and uh, which, you know, I look back fondly, but we didn't win another. We won in 2010, but that was it. And, uh, and Canada, although came close, 2013, was my last team stint on Team Canada. I uh, it was here in St. John's, and uh, we lost. I won't get into that. There was a bad loss and poor sportsmanship from the Slovaks. I'll never. I'll tell you sometime. It was very, very, very poor sportsmanship on their parts. Some people would say Justin Pender, but you don't poke a bear first of all, and uh, 
Just Google it if you want to know. You can watch Justin Pender, what he did. I, I still say it was justified. Anyway, I'm bitter. But that was my last go with it. 2015, I was injured. And then by 17, I'm a full believer that, you know, I, I think I still could have made it. But Masters had started. And I, you know, how many do I need, right? There's someone, some young kid has without that's that's why i'm even senior hockey here herder is a big thing and i don't think i'm going to play it again I, I like doing it i like challenging myself it's fun to play with the younger guys but you know there's people now that i'm playing ahead of that want like a provincial championship same thing with that like did they absolutely need me by the time i was 38 39 no right i think i still could have benefited the team off the ice as well as on, right? I still could have played the odd power play and I was still playing nationals and doing well, but I wasn't necessary. I wasn't absolutely necessary. There were other people that could do my job as well or better. And that's the truth. I'm not just trying to be humble at that point. The meat of my career from 27 to 35, uh, no doubt, man. I, I you know, I'm, I, I talk here and I, I try to be humble, but I am in the Hall of Fame, and I, I I take real pride in that. I really, really do, because ball hockey, I kind of fell into it. If I didn't have the early injury in ice hockey, I wouldn't have gone to it, and it ended up really humbling me and realizing that, you know, ball hockey is a fucking hard sport. Those players, and they're not all ice hockey players. It's actually the minority are ice hockey players. Everybody can run, and uh, they love the sport, and they play, and they're not doing it for money, although as it evolved, we got more and more paid for and some snazzy jerseys and all that stuff, but... It's not like we're going out and making money playing ball hockey. And uh, I just, I, I look back at first when I was like, oh, I got to play ball hockey kind of thing because I wanted to keep playing ice hockey. And I look back and I, that's why I say to people, man, like you grow older, you get experience. And I'm almost embarrassed of that person to say that because once I got um, I, I embraced by the ball hockey world, I realized that there's no truer friends I'll ever have. And those people gave me a chance and my whole fucking life turned around. It was that It was that before the book, before going back to school, before any of it. It was ball hockey. That's what got me doing. That's, that's what got me and turned around in the right direction. Uh, so anyway, um, now the pandemic happened and a lot of our best players on Newfoundland can't play for Team Canada. Uh, Marcus Powers, Zach O'Brien, Cody Donahue. They play pro ice hockey and they didn't really know coming out of here. And you want to give a commitment. Well, you have to, right? They don't just pick this the day before everything from ordering jerseys to having emails to go around. And this is what we're going to do and systems and stuff, right? I mean, you're not together every weekend. And then they do have a camp, right? I mean, people fly into Montreal and go through a camp process. So you can't just take players because they come available unless it's like a major NHL player or something good for the game, right? Uh, but anyway, so Connor Donnie, those who follow Spit and Chick, that's the one they, we, I call the con man. The con man's in his late 20s now. I've known him since he's barely a teenager, watching him play anyway and uh, watching him grow from a boy into a man. And I, I can honestly say, and, and you know, it's outside of being a teammate. We listen to the same kind of music. Uh, him and his brother Cody are real, real close friends of mine. Like, uh, And I'm glad I held on because I nearly stopped playing you know ball hockey and and ice hockey i know it's just senior but you know you hang out with the boys and get to form some great friendships and that the herder and the allen cup mean something to us they really do um so you know they're real real close friends and connor you know we we made a couple other guys kevin reed and jace or Thomas Hedges try out for Team Canada and they didn't make it. So Connor was our lone representative, although we were the last time they had it before the pandemic, we were in the final. But, you know, it's just the way it worked out. So I watched and Canada hadn't won it since 2007 and 15 years. And I was on that team, like I said, and uh, unbelievable memories. And that story I told a few episodes ago about Amsterdam, that that was that trip. And uh, it just, man, time goes. It was 15 years ago. Penny wasn't even born. I can't even put my head there. It seems like just in my recent past. But it's a long, long time. And I watched last night, man, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting goosebumps now thinking about it. 
the con man did it, man. He did it. He did it. He fucking won it. And, you know, we joke. It's chicklets about nose face killer and everything. But congrats to him. He got it's a hard tournament to win, man. Everybody can run. It's not what you think. Like I said, India was in the final. We first first year we lost it. And there's a number of teams that can win. And Finland have come on the scene. And there's just great, great teams there. And uh, nose face got the bronze. So congrats, Team USA, in all honesty. And uh, shout out there. And uh, anyway, the con man did it. He did it as 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 the clock counted down. I think it was six to two. As the clock counted down, uh, I just <laughs> I couldn't help but cry. I I couldn't honestly. It was it was so great to see Canada win. It was it was great. To see. The view was from behind behind the bench, and I could see all the fans. And there was lots of them, and they were supporting ball hockey, and they were happy to be out again. And and Canada had finally won, man, my country. And a lot of people that I knew were there and I could see on TV. And my buddy Tony, you know, the guy I just mentioned, was inducted into the Hall of Fame. And when the smoke settled and the dust cleared, it was the con man, man. He was raising the fucking world championship trophy. He's going to get a ring. And uh, it was fucking awesome to see. Uh, and just so much came flooding back that, you know, I don't want to make it personal, but if George Gortzos didn't convince me to play ball hockey fucking almost 20 years ago, it was 2003. They let me on the team Canada. I had, I had no business being on it that first year. And I went and I realized, holy fuck, what an asshole I am. What a pompous piece of shit. I think I was all about ice hockey and upset, tripping over my bottom lip that I had to come to the world ball hockey championships. And then I just started training after that, man. I just started training and I just was, a, I became as best of a ball hockey player, as good of a body as I possibly could. And I know I got breaks and everything, I, but when I watched Connor, there was the, that, that's the process. It's not about me. And George did that. George Gortzos directly, directly, I don't give a fuck what you say, is responsible. Along with all the hard work and everything, that all the Newfoundlanders have put into it. And on top of it, con man's fucking persistence, his own hockey journey. I think he was a better ice hockey player than he just didn't get a break. Then it turned out played major junior, but just couldn't get that opportunity to, you know, be a game breaker. And I, I know he always was, and he found his niche in ball hockey and fuck the pride it must have been man i know what it's like for me and mine almost felt selfish i was the first of the newfoundlanders the ice hockey players of that radar you know in 2003 to do it and and it, it just i i was just thinking at the time my own it was a team game and everything i was just when i did it it was my own personal feelings but when i saw connor do it it's just everything, all the hard work that every Newfoundlander and all of us have done. And that's not just off on and off the floor. That's like we all decided to make a commitment all those years to go to the Nationals, right? And to take our money and to either raise it or take it and, and buy tickets and go there and all be a group. And all those times we lost in the fucking final, all those times, right? Whether it was Edmonton or Manitoba or Hamilton or Calgary or St. John, New Brunswick or St. John's, Newfoundland. We went out there and we fucking paddled and it's hard, man. It's hard ball hockey, like in, especially in the Canadian championships, often more hard than the harder than the world championships because 10 teams can win it. They come at your hard, man. We've been upset by Edmonton. We've upset the red light. It's gone the other way around, but there's fucking, I could keep going down the list, but uh, Midnight Express, Brampton Express, there's all kinds of great teams. And to get to the final is hard enough. And we did it five or six times. It's just been mind numbing. I mean, in like in eight years and to just not get it and almost get it. And still we're good buddies, but fuck man, did we want it? We come in there as pissed off as we were, if it was the Stanley cup final, I kid you not. And when you're playing with your buddies and you're winning and losing and, and, and sweating and bleeding and everything goes by them, you know, and I look at Zach O'Brien and Marcus power and Connor and Cody and Danny Wicks and fucking Alex Powell. And right down the list, those guys are as much my teammates as my fucking Tri-City Americans in the late 90s, man, or in the mid-90s. And you go through all that. And finally, we had one guy there. If Connor couldn't go, if he got hurt, if he just decided, you know, I got other things to do, whatever. 
the link would have been gone, but it was there and we were all tuned in. And like I said, they fucking celebrated when the dust cleared. The scores on the clock is six to fucking two. A lot of the boys I know are celebrating a lot of them, but there's only one Newfoundlander that carried on a goddamn legacy with that fucking trophy over his head. And it was Connor, the con man Donahue. And fuck me, was I pumped. Congrats, Connor. Congrats, Alex Newhook. And thank you to the parlor for the best fucking ice cream that I have ever had. I'll be back in two days with either Jason Strudwick or the boys from Rum Ragged. This has been episode 109A. Check out Greensleeves, TJ's, The Bull and Barrel, Rob Roy, Trinity Pub, Merchant Tavern, Blue on Water, and Wedgwood Cafe. If you'd like a book, TerryRyan2020 at gmail.com. Have yourselves a fucking awesome week.